You are listening to the Mostly Under Control podcast. I'm your host, Melanie, the modern mom self-care advocate. I'm here to help the modern mom, who is you, sort through the noise of society and chaos of life so that you can enjoy motherhood and parenting. Hi, friend. Um, It has been a hot minute since I have been able to have a conversation with you. Summer threw us off, and then we launched right into football season for the kids. So I just got done editing an episode with Hannah Olson from Redefining Motherhood, and we had a really good chat about the difference between motherhood and caregiving and quick little ways that you can connect with your kids and just about, you know, defining motherhood and parenting in general. We had this conversation back in July, and I just now am getting around to editing it in October. You also will notice that I have rebranded the podcast a little bit. I have sort of renamed, not sort of renamed it, I did rename it to mostly under control podcast and changed my um, tagline a little bit. So I hope you will stick around. Still going to be talking about the same things. I just kind of wanted to change it a little bit so that people would know what to expect. And without further ado, here is my episode with Hannah Olson. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Honestly, It's Motherhood. I am your host, Melanie, from Mostly Under Control. And I have no idea what episode number this is. Uh, The summer completely threw me off with podcasting. So um, we are just going to jump right back in. Today, I am talking to Hannah from Freckled Han. And I, uh, this is another one of those like messages that I sent on Instagram with butterflies in my stomach. And I was like, oh, she's totally going to say no, or she's never going to see this. And I was so excited when she said yes, that she would talk to me because I found Hannah on Instagram searching hashtags or something. And I really resonated with her concept that motherhood is a relationship and motherhood and caregiving is two totally different things. Um, So Hannah, welcome so much. uh, Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for coming. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. And I, yeah, I genuinely mean that. So please never be uh, worried about messaging me or anything like that, because I love, I love it. That's, I, that's the reason why I love Instagram is like making connections and being able to meet people and stuff. So I appreciate you reaching out. Um, yeah, I, that was a great intro. So I help women understand the difference between the relationship of motherhood and the job of caregiving, because I have noticed as I became a mom that when we talk about motherhood, that's usually a very all-encompassing word that kind of has to do with literally anything that has to do with children. (laughs) And when I became a mom, I always knew that I wanted to become a mom. That was never a question for me, but I started my journey to motherhood, I guess you could say, before I was ready (laughs) mentally. I was like, we'd been married for a couple of years. Like that was all good. But I was just like, in my mind, there was a lot of this deeply ingrained, like, okay, when I have kids, I need to put everything for me away. I need to be totally focused on my kids. Like I'll be living my life for them. And, and a lot of that maybe martyrdom mentality that I associated with motherhood. So then one day when I was like, I haven't had a period in a while, (laughs) wonder what's going on. (laughs) And I took a pregnancy test. Well, actually I avoided taking a pregnancy test for a couple of days. And my husband was like, are you sure you don't want to take one? Anyway, eventually I did. And then I found myself sobbing on the bathroom floor because I was dreading it. I was literally dreading becoming a mom. I knew it was something I wanted to do again, but I was like, 
I'm not ready. I haven't lived my life yet. I still have things that I'm excited about and passionate about. And like, yeah, I know I need to put those on hold at some point, but like, I'm not ready yet. I I still have, I wanted to have a couple more years. So then I was hyper aware of of the way that everyone was talking about motherhood and what they were saying about motherhood during that pregnancy. And probably because I was already in a pretty negative mindset, it seemed like everything I was hearing was negative. Because even though there probably were positive things that came, I didn't hear them. And I just, you know, confirmed this story that I was telling myself that motherhood was going to be the worst thing that had ever happened to me. So the one phrase that I just remember people saying over and over and over again was motherhood is hard. Motherhood is so hard. Has anybody prepared you for how hard motherhood is going to be? Right. And say goodbye to your sleep, say goodbye to date nights, say say goodbye to travel and just all the things, like all the reasons why my life was going to become infinitely worse once I had a child. And so once she was born, I mean, it literally got to the point where I was like, why do people even have kids? It seems like they hate it. It seems like it's the worst. And I'm a religious person. So I was like, okay, I know God like commanded it more or less, right? Like I believe that God wants me to have children, but like literally that's the only reason why I'm doing this is because Mm -hmm. this is God's will for me. And um, once my daughter was finally born, it was like, okay, hold on a second. There's something special here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The total epiphany, right? But what is it? And that's when it really like started questioning. Like I hear people talk about motherhood. Is that motherhood? Is that not motherhood? And honestly, it took me a couple of years and a couple of more kids to finally have the language around like, okay, I am their mom, but it's not the things I am doing, the hard things even that I'm doing that is making me their mom. What's making me their mom is the relationship that we are building. Because I looked at my husband who worked outside of the home in an office, right? He would leave every morning at 8 a.m. and come home every night at 6 p.m. And he was their dad, right? (laughs) There was no questioning that. But if I ever wanted to do something away from my children, all of a sudden I had this guilt of like, oh no, I'm not a good mom. And it was like, well, wait a second. I can be a really good mom and also take breaks from being the caregiver of my children. And so that's where I just started formulating this framework of like, okay, well, what are the things that are caregiving? And pretty much anything that is a task that is able to be outsourced is in my definition, caregiving. Totally agree. And then the relationship piece is the part that's actually the purpose. And there was a while, especially in 2020, when I was kind of still formulating all of this, that I let caregiving become more important than the relationship Mm -hmm. because I had four young kids. My oldest was four and I had a newborn and I was so consumed with all of the tasks of caregiving that I was snapping at my kids all the time. (laughs) I was grumpy all of the time, right? I was not building a relationship at all but I was checking all the boxes of being quote unquote, a good mom by society standards, because I was making dinner. I was doing laundry. I was doing all of the things. And it wasn't until I had this moment of like, okay, hold on a second. What is it all for? If I'm going to be snapping at my kids all day, if I'm going to be resenting them, mm-hmm. this, this is pointless. Right? So once I started prioritizing the relationship and being like, oh, okay. What's making me a mom here is not sweeping the kitchen floor and doing dishes and figuring out what we're having for dinner and whatever. It's the relationship I'm building. Like, okay, maybe I need to be more folk. Not like maybe I I can ease some of the stress that I'm putting on myself on all the household tasks so that I'm like actually tuning in with like, what do I need that's going to put me in a place where I can build a strong connected relationship with my kids? 
And that was like literally mind blowing and changed my life. It's it, it. And I hate, I absolutely hate mindset work. Like I'm not a mindset person, but after years of pushing off mindset and pushing off mindset, it's like last year for me, it was kind of like it clicked where like, as much as I hate it, it really is about that mindset of changing. Um, you did a, you did a real once. I hope this doesn't make me sound like a complete fangirl, but you did a real once where you, or, or your stories or something where you said you were talking about screen time and the effects that it has on your kids. And you were like, does it really, um, you can, exp- you, you, I'm sure you explain it much better. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we see these things on social media that like say that watching screens or like being on screens makes kids grumpier and like it makes them more irritable or whatever. Right. So when we hear that now our brain is looking for evidence for that to be true. So every time our kids watch a show and then the show, you turn off the show and they have a tantrum, your brain is like, oh, it's because I let them watch a show. Mm -hmm. But for me, (laughs) when I'm pregnant, which is always pretty much (laughs) the last six years, (laughs) I am pregnant with my sixth kid. And this is, this is the end really excited and happy about that. Um, my kids watch a fair amount of TV, right? So this story, this meaning that my brain was creating out of, okay, when I let my kids watch TV, it makes them grumpier was not helping me. (laughs) It was making me grumpier and it was Mm -hmm. making them grumpier because I was looking for that. Right. So yeah. I finally decided that thought, that thought, this idea that screens making kid screens makes kids grumpy is not serving me. So I'm going to choose a new thought, and I'm going to be like, when my kids are grumpy, they were going to be grumpy either way, and that helps. Like just finding those thoughts that I don't know if I explained that well enough. <laughs> no, you did. It, my my point was swinging back around to mindset. Yeah, like you you and. It goes back to exactly what you talked about in the beginning where when you were pregnant and social media told me that being a mother is the worst thing on the planet, having kids is horrible. And the same reason why I, I will die on this hill. I absolutely cannot stand the phrase terrible twos and three-nager because we're automatically setting people up to think that their two-year-old sucks. Yep. Are two-year-olds argumentative? Yes. Are they learning words? Yes. Is it frustrating? Hell Yes. But if you walk into it thinking like, oh, it's just the terrible twos, it's going to suck even more. Absolutely. Yes. I think that's the perfect example. Uh, because honestly, two is one of my favorite ages. Like 18 <laughs> months to right before three is like so fun. Like I just feel like their personality comes out so much. And like, yeah, does it come with cha- challenges? But yes, but they're all de- very developmentally appropriate. Yep. And like when you can just acknowledge the fun too, then it doesn't become terrible twos anymore, right? Yes. And it, and yeah, I just, I wish that we could stop telling new moms like about terrible twos and three-nagers and oh, four is worse. And oh my gosh, yeah. In the, I have because twins. Because it never the, ends. Because no, then it's it, like, oh, just wait until they're teens, right? Mm-hmm. Like it just goes on forever. And it's like, can't we just enjoy the parts that we can enjoy and yeah. know that there's going to be difficult parts along the way? Yeah. And I think that's another reason why like understanding that it is a relationship is so helpful too, because like relationships change. And when you've been in a relationship with someone for a long time, like the things that were hard, maybe you've worked through those, but then new hard things come up and that's just normal. That is the nature of relationships. And so we can just acknowledge that and be like, yeah, 
every stage is going to have things that I love and things that are going to be challenging. And that's perfect. That's how we want it to be. Cause that means mm-hmm. that we're growing and they're growing and we're hopefully growing together through those challenges. Yeah. And it's all, it's it, in the twin community. There's like a, a popular phrase that we say all the time. Like it gets better. It gets better. And people are always coming into the twin group saying like, please tell me it gets better. You know, I try to take my 18 month old to the park today and blah, 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 blah. And you know, the challenges get different, but there's always those people in the groups that are like, oh no, it doesn't get better than two. Just wait till four. Four is when they cop an attitude with you and they're a preteen. And and I'm and I'm always the one that jumps in and is like, no, like we have to stop because now as a mother, you're gonna read that and you're gonna be like, well shit, what's the point in me doing anything now if it's only gonna get worse? Totally. It totally brings them down. Do I enjoy motherhood and caretaking 24 seven? No, absolutely not. But what I am saying is it it's not it's it's not miserable all the time. We're getting off topic a little bit. I wanted to swing back around and talk about so last I had Hannah in my membership last night and um she we were talking about building that relationship with our kids and Hannah was talking about how uh you were talking about how you you're like, I just want to be clear. I'm not sitting on the floor and playing little people with my kids from the moment they wake up until the moment they go to bed. Because I do think that that is the first thing that we think about when we talk about building a relationship with our kids is that one-on-one time. I have four kids. You have five kids. It is. It feels virtually impossible to have one-on-one time with our kids. So talk a little bit about other opportunities that we have during our day when we can build those relationships. Absolutely. So I think one thing that's, again, helpful to remember is just like, think about how do you build other relationships? Like think about your relationship with your husband or your partner, for example. Yeah, one-on-one time is nice, but you don't expect a certain number of minutes of one-on-one time every single day, usually, right? (laughs) Like it's like you check in with them, like, hey, what are we doing? Hopefully you have a date night occasionally. So you're getting that one-on-one time, but it's like you're building the relationship through the interactions that you're having. So especially for stay-at-home moms, and this comes back to what I was saying too, when I was like not in a great place myself mentally, I was physically with my children all day, every day, which is what we, you know, that's like, hallelujah, what a great mom, like with her kids 100% of the time. And it was during COVID. So it really was like 100% of the time. And, And yet my interactions with them were like me snapping at them. Like I was not in a place where I was like meeting my own needs. So I was not emotionally regulated. Like anything that they would do could set me off at the drop of a hat. And after like, you know, weeks of this, or I honestly don't remember how much, how long it went on, but it was just like, this is not healthy. This is not helpful. And this is not creating the relationship that I want with them. Like, even though I'm literally with them, Every second from the day, the time they wake up to the time they go to bed, I'm not here. Like I'm not mentally in a space where I can be building this relationship. So two things come from that. One, I finally asked myself for the first time, like, what would I need to do for me so that I could be in an emotionally healthy place to build an emotionally resilient relationship? So like that could kind of go into like the self-care ter- territory where you talk about. Mm-hmm. And two, what is like, what are the, okay, I totally forgot what number two was. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I had a number two and it just went right away. (laughs) 
It'll come back. It'll come back. But basically, my the takeaway is that like I don't need to be like I said sitting on the floor playing little people. Like, will I do that on occasion? Sure. I last like maybe five minutes. My mother-in-law can sit down for an hour and a half and she's like little people all day long. It's amazing. It's not me, but that's awesome for her. I can't do imaginative stuff. No, but give I can't. Give me a coloring do, like, book. Give me a puzzle and I'm yes, right there exactly. with you. exactly. Puzzles. We've been, my kids and I have been getting way into puzzles. Like we'll do a puzzle a couple of times a day and it's perfect because it has, I love stuff like that, that like has an end where it's like, yep. okay. That was the last piece. Cool. I'm going to go do something else. Let's check back in later. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't take like super long. My kids love playing spot it, which is something we've been doing lately. Oh, but yeah, that one's like hard that too, too because then they like want to keep playing it over and over and over again. So that mm-hmm. one I can be like, okay, I can play for 10 minutes or whatever it is. But even more important than that is just the way that I'm responding to them. Like when I see them in the morning, am I like, hey, good morning. How are you? Or am, am I like, okay, here we go again. Like, what are the thoughts that I'm having? And also the, the literal words that I am saying to them Mm -hmm. when I see them, when they ask me for things, when they want things, like, does that mean I have to drop everything and, and do whatever they ask me to do? No, but can I, but when I'm not taking care of myself emotionally, I might snap at them and be like, oh, I already told you, hold on. Right. But when I am taking care of myself emotionally, then I can be like, Hey, bud, just a sec. I'm in the middle of something. Give me a minute. Because the thing that I've noticed is that my kids can do the exact same thing two days in a row. And one day I can respond in a kind and polite way. And another day I am a brat. And let me tell you, it's nothing that my kids did or didn't do. It has a hundred percent to do with me and where Mm -hmm. I am at. Yep. Not them. I can totally relate to that. I my, it reminds me of, so my daughter, she goes to therapy once a week and, um, we were like documenting like how she interacts with us and how we interact with her. And it was a very rough afternoon. And so I wrote down on the piece of paper, one of the things that she do, she called me a brat. And so we go to therapy and I'm checking in with the therapist first. And I said, you know, I, I, I did what we talked about. I wrote down an interaction for an afternoon and she's like, Oh, can I take a look at that before I sit down with her? And I said, sure. And I went to get rid of the piece of paper and I said, full disclosure though, right here where I wrote that she was a brat, I called her a brat first. <laughs> before or before she called me a brat, I called her a brat first. And she was like, okay, that's fair. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but no, it, you're totally right. And I, I had an appointment with my psychiatrist today and I was telling her how like, you know, Monday I had a great day. We went to the pool. Um, and then for some reason, Tuesday morning, I just was not feeling it. And we spent our morning trying to get in the car to go to camp. Everybody was yelling at each other and I couldn't figure out why, but and it's like, nobody wants to send their kids off for the day after that. Yeah. Um, which is part of the reason why I wake up way before all of my kids do. And I'm out and on the couch with my hot coffee and my, I, I probably mention this every single podcast episode. <laughs> This is another hill I will die on. And I'm I'm up at five and my kids start waking up at about six, six thirty. So taking care of yourself, like you said earlier, that like, you know, when you take care of yourself, like t- to to be more present with your kids or to be better with your kids, I feel like taking care of yourself is necessary to be like it's not an option. And I could totally re- relate with everything that you were saying also about like 
how during COVID you're like with them 24 seven and you were just going through the motions of waking up and changing diapers and making meals and changing the channel. And sometimes we go to the park and blah, blah, blah. Because oh, the park that was were closed. So that wasn't even an option. <laughs> oh, they were closed by us too. <laughs> um, and my husband works, works in healthcare. So we really oh, didn't go anywhere. Um, awesome. and so it was like, um, we just, that was my breaking point for me too. When I started this whole, you know, the six parts of self-care and how we need to take care of ourselves and kind of assess how we're doing that because it was, I mean, I realized that even before COVID, I was not doing the things that I was that I should be doing because social media was feeding me all this crap that like the only way to be a good mom is to be a martyr. Yep. And you can wear clothes with holes in them and your kids can strut around the street and Nike, excuse me, which my kids don't, but you know what I mean? Um, all of this stuff was fed to us. And I really feel like, um, over the last, maybe like mid COVID to now, I think it was like, kind of like an awakening for a lot of moms that like, holy crap, this is so hard. And now you're throwing a pandemic on us. Like this was not, I mean, nothing was in the books, but this really wasn't in the books. And there have been so many more people, I feel like coming out of Instagram, like empowering women and moms to put themselves first. And I feel like there's a lot less of the martyr noise and more of the, yes, you can take care of yourself. Um, I remember like way before COVID, I got um, shamed in a, a breastfeeding group because I said that if I really needed to go to the bathroom and my baby needed to eat, I would go to the bathroom and my husband would hold the baby while the baby cried so that I could relieve myself. And then I would come feed the baby. And this woman just, I mean, I left the group shortly after that, but she just like laid into me about like what a a terrible mother I was because I wasn't putting my baby's needs first. I'm like, I had to poop. Like, (laughs) I'm not going to. And then someone's like, well, I would just feed them on the toilet. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I, oh my God, she ripped into me. And I finally was just like, I do not need this. And I left. But um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's wild. It's the whole thing is wild to me. And I can't, and I don't I, know. I, mean, I, I do think that like, it's becoming more, I guess, socially accepted for women to like own that they're going to take care of themselves. But I definitely think that there is still a lot of judgment there. And yes, I mean, 100%. Yeah, any Facebook group. <laughs> Any like mom centered quote unquote Facebook group, the comments there, or even just like certain TikTok videos or whatever, like that mentality that you exist solely for, you know, meeting every need of your child is still very much out there. It is. It is. And so I don't, I don't think that our work is, (laughs) I think we have a long, no, 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 I don't, I don't think the work is over for sure. Um, But like, you know, I have had people come to me or come into my DMs and tell me like, you know, I really appreciate the work that you do because you're making me realize that, um, you know, I do have to take care of myself and just the the change that people see when they do start scheduling time for themselves, like making those relationships with your kids, whether it is taking them out for ice cream for one-on-one time because you have that opportunity or reading a book with them at bedtime or what, or just simply interacting them with their, when they're waking up in the morning, being able to put yourself first and take care of yourself first is such a huge part of how you do that. 
I I don't know. Another hill I'll die. I guess there's a lot of hills I'll die on, but that is definitely <laughs> one of them too. too. That's like, why I have a podcast called Rantish because I yes. like to rant about a lot of things too. <laughs> yes. That's what that's what made me reach out to you because I saw that you had the podcast and I was like, oh, this this would be perfect. Um and then you got pregnant and ceased to exist for a while. Yep, that's exactly true. <laughs> so I was gonna say, yep, with with COVID, like you were saying, I think that was kind of an attention, uh, grabbed a lot of people's attention of like, oh, this, what I'm trying to do right now is not sustainable. And like, maybe I need to switch some stuff up. And I think it, um, I think it started to finally help women and men see that caregiving is actually a job. Mm -hmm. And for so long, because we use the word mom and mother and motherhood, synonymous with all of the other things. I mean, for example, people say like, I don't feel like momming today. Does that mean you no longer wish to have the relationship with your child? No, that means you don't want to take care of your kids today. That's what it means. You don't want to be a caregiver today. Which is normal, by the way. Totally normal. Everybody (laughs) wants to have a break from your job. And when you expect that your job is 24-7, i.e. being a caregiver is 24-7, of course you're going to get burned out. Of course you're going to resent your kids sometimes. Of course you're going to not be in a great emotional state. So we're like acknowledging the work of caregiving a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I just want people to actually like take the time to mentally separate the two. I actually Mm -hmm. have like a training slash workbook that you can find on the link in my bio on Instagram that starts to break this down for you and shows like, okay, These are the things that are caregiving because you can do nothing on this list and still have a relationship with your kids. I like to show how fathers (laughs) do this, right? We see this all the time. It is modeled usually in our own home, right? Men do not take on nearly the amount that women do traditionally, traditionally, there are exceptions for sure in caregiving or housework or even the mental load, and yet they can still have really strong, well-connected relationships with their kids. So do I think that it, like, this is both a call for, all right, let's get husbands more involved. Let's let's have them do more. And also let's give ourselves permission to do a lot less Mm -hmm. because we actually don't have to do any of it. It's all optional, basically. And so, yeah, so if that's helpful, you can check that out. It just kind of talks you through the job of caregiving and pull draws attention to the mental load because the mental load is very real. And the mental load, just to explain what that is, is like, okay, so let's say you're going to make dinner. Making dinner is the physical part. The mental part is choosing what you're going to make for dinner. Mm-hmm. And then knowing if you have the ingredients to be able to make that thing, those are considered the mental load. So it's like the invisible work that you're doing before you can do the physical work, which is is a lot. It can be a lot, yeah. right? And so I think even acknowledging that is really helpful. What I don't love is when people reference to that as the mental load of motherhood, because now again, we're implying that this is what moms do. This is a part of being a mom. And my argument is no, someone else could schedule all my meals. Someone else could prep all of my meals. I could do a delivery service, whatever. And that random person is not the mom. <laughs> they, yeah. Their relationship with my child is not relevant, right? So I can take that on. Great. 
but that is part of my job as a caregiver. That is not a part of a requirement of motherhood. I, a couple episodes ago, talked with Laura Danger from that darn chat. And we talked about the fair play method, which is a huge, you know, they talk about the mental load and splitting things up. And that's one of the things in my um, uh, freebie also is like a quick little crash course on how to divide your tasks up to outsourcing, hand it off to a partner, hand it off to kids, hand it off to a family member, friends or whatever. Um, And then also a huge part of that is what are you going to stop doing? Yes. Like there's so much crap or what are you going to change? Like I used to do laundry every day because I thought, oh my gosh, we have six people. Everyone asks me how much laundry do I do? I should be doing it every day. I, my brain doesn't work that way. I do it one day a week. That's it. I cannot do laundry every single day. It's just like, I forget it. I put it in the morning and then I just forget about it. If I know it's laundry day, I'm constantly thinking like, oh, I got to go move laundry. I got to go move laundry. That's how my brain works. But for the longest time I was doing it every day because I thought that's just what big families did. Um, you know, and, and, um, Casey Davis, how she has her, uh, from struggle care, how she has her, um, all of her, her, in her house, her laundry room, everyone gets their clothes from the laundry room. Like she doesn't put the clothes away. Everyone just has, it's like a closet room and everyone just gets their clothes in there. I'm like, if I had the space for that, that's genius. Then you don't have to put anything away. Like everything is just right there. Because like, I don't have a laundry system, but not having a laundry system is my system. (laughs) If that makes sense. So like, I don't have a certain day of the week that I do laundry. I just, I honestly, I do laundry when I feel like doing laundry. Uh Full stop. Right. Anyway, what I'll do is like, I do keep like the kids clothes together. Also, like my husband does the majority of his own laundry, but that is never an expectation that I set within our marriage. Like I do not, my husband does not expect me to do his laundry. I don't expect him to do my laundry. If I'm putting a load in, I was just talking about that with a friend. I do all of our laundry. Um, If I put a load in and he's home and I'm like, Hey, do you have anything you want me to put in this load? And he has something great. And he'll do the same. If he's doing a load, he'll be like, do you have anything? Great. But we do not expect the other person to do each other's laundry. Um, But I, and, and same with the kids, honestly, like he doesn't expect me to do the kids laundry. I am home more, so I will do it. But if he sees that the, okay, whatever, that's beside the point. But what I'll do is I'll just like get the kids clothes because I do try to keep like the kids clothes in a load. Mm-hmm. I'll just dump it on the floor at the top of the stairs. And then I'll tell the kids that they'll like, they're like, can we watch a show? I'm like, yeah, sure. Once all your laundry is sorted and put away and they, they put it in their piles. They, we don't fold any laundry, no folding mm-hmm. whatsoever. We have little bins. They have a bin for their underwear, a bin for their shirts, pants, and um, that's it. And they just throw it in. And it's, it's so simple because- yeah, we're just I when you said you don't have a system for laundry and that's your system, I don't have a system for like cleaning bathrooms or like deep cleaning my stove. Like I just do it when I can't stand the way it looks anymore. I do it when or that's my system. Another way. So this comes back to mindset, right? You do it when you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it comes to a certain point that I want to do it, right? Yeah. Like when the oven gets crusty enough, I'm like, oh, hey, I want to clean that now because yeah. I'm noticing it. And so I'm going to clean it. But not because I feel forced, not because anybody's, I care about people judging me. It's just like, oh, that actually sounds fun to me right now. And I'm going to do it. Uh, my twins still take baths. And so that's when I get, that's when I clean their bathroom is when they're in the bath. Oh, smart. I'll just clean the countertop. I clean the toilet. And the the frustrating part of it, though, is like, I hate doing it. And then I do it. And I'm like, God, that took me seven minutes. Yeah. (laughs) I could do that more often. But I mean, it is what it is. Like you said, I don't. And your kids don't care if it's clean. So it's like, who cares? 
<laughs> I have three boys. They don't care if it's clean. Yep. They don't care. <laughs> Not to be gender stereotypical or anything, but they really don't care. My um, daughter doesn't care about that stuff either. Which like maybe she mind. will and maybe she won't. I don't know. Mine doesn't really like cleaning. She likes organizing. Mm-hmm. Like if she's bored, I'm like, go organize the drawers in your bathroom vanity. She's like, okay. And she'll be busy for like 20 minutes, just like moving things around and putting them where she wants them. I'm like, whatever. But her room is a disaster. (laughs) Riddle me that. Um, Okay. Thank you so much for talking. I'm so sorry about the interruptions. No, you're totally fine. No worries. Um, Please let the wonderful people know where they can find you and where they can find your freebie. Okay. Awesome. Like you mentioned at the beginning, I'm on Instagram. It's my name is Hannah. And my handle is freckled ham. It's always really hard for people to hear what I say. Like they think I say ham like a pig or hand like your body part. No, no. <laughs> it's like like the first three letters of my name, ham, freckled ham. Um, my business is called Redefining Motherhood. So my website is there, redefiningmotherhood.com. And then my podcast is called Rantish, like a rant, but only kind of rantish. Yeah, those are the best places to find me. Instagram is probably where I hang out the most, although I don't know. I've kind of like lost steam for Instagram since coming back from that first trimester of a pregnancy. So check back in there. Hopefully I'll start showing up there a little bit more. (laughs) I go through phrases where I have to like stop for a little bit and then I'll kind of bounce back in, but it can get... I, I just, I have a very addictive personality. And so I go on for two minutes and I end up scrolling for 30 and it's. I am a, this distraction, 1000%. That is like my vice. That's how I zone out. <laughs> and your so, freebie yeah, is in your tricky. bio. It is. Yeah. Or we can put it, I'll send you a link and you can put it in the show notes too. Perfect. I will do that too. Um, once again, thank you guys for listening. And I hope you had some good takeaways from this, just like I did. And I will talk to you all soon.